Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk, episode 714, or should I say perhaps Guten Tag, or Good Morgen, or something like that, uh, because this is our post-Superbooth kind of wrap. After every big show, we kind of try and get a little bit of uh, something going on with the uh, with the post-show. Uh, for those of you who haven't been watching, uh, well, A, first of all, this is a podcast to do with music technology, and if you are watching, you're probably aware that there was, in fact, a big show in Berlin at the uh, the fairs, which is the Superbooth show, which is run by the kind people at Alex4 slash Schneidersladen, Mr. A- A- um, Andreas Schneider and the gang who were very, very helpful. I uh, want to say thank you to the Superbooth team for putting on such a great show. And so we're just going to really sort of ruminate on what just happened, maybe uh, share some of our experiences and our picks and things that we liked. And it's very informal. And for those of you who are watching perhaps uh, our attempted live streams from the show, I did say I was going to do four. We did manage four. I would say, uh, No, we managed three, actually. I would say one of them was okay. One was from the airport, because that's where Dom uh, and Matt could get uh, um, network and they were on their way home. Uh, one we had to abort and we replaced it with a sort of walk around which I know everybody likes that that one, it's always a bit chaotic. And uh, one was just, yeah, a bit mad uh, with two people who couldn't get network in. But anyway it was all good fun. So uh, let's say hello to both our guests because both of our guests were actually there as well. We'll start with uh, Mr Robin Vincent from Molten Modular uh, who is hello. a, a U- YouTuber uh, of of much note and uh, kind of modular focused stuff as you can see from his background how are you uh, robin i'm good thank you enjoying the continuing sunshine that we've that we've had from the weekend onwards i think it's been lovely yeah it has it was a very uh, enjoyable weekend and you were just there for uh, one day you did the kind of proper dawn raid in and out in a day or did you go no no sorry you stayed overnight for one night so you did the full kind of when you got home did i really do that i remember always feeling that yeah. way when i used to go to sort of london for a party and i'd come back and i think god what just happened i can't remember um, um I, i'm sure you do remember because you are probably a, an upright and uh, sober citizen of the <laughs> of the interwebs uh, yes. I remember some of it. I remember. Uh, I remember airplanes. There was certainly that to do with it. But yeah, it was a very long day on the Saturday. But I did because there were no late flights, at least none that I could find. I had to stay overnight, which is a bit of a shame. But I made the most of it as as best I can and spent a lovely Sunday morning in Berlin, soaking up the uh, architecture, that sort of thing. Yeah, well, Berlin is a lovely city on a Sunday, a sunny Sunday, because everybody goes and sort of mm. promenades. They go out for a stroll and have a cup of coffee and stuff. It's a, it's a yeah, great vibe to that city. A nice to, yes, mm. I always find it very uh, refreshing uh, and also very disappointing when I get home because the buses are late and nothing works <laughs> and there's rubbish everywhere. And you don't get that in, in Berlin. It just a, feels like a much, more, uh, a much more fun society in many ways. Anyway, um politics aside we also have mr yoad nevo there who is uh, in his studio in fact we spent uh, a, a very enjoyable friday night um having a food and drink with yoad yoad was of course there as well uh, you were there um you were there most days weren't you you were actually in the, in the uh, yeah I, I went for for the three days um yeah it was interesting it was fun Great vibe, you know, uh, being able to have some of the tents and uh, trucks and buses and what have you, which I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about a bit later, uh, you know, out in the sun. Uh, it was nice meeting a lot of people that I know and some that I forgot that I knew. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was great fun. 
So I have to ask you, did you get any um, hey, Sonic Talk moments where people recognise you from the show? Uh, did you have any of that stuff going on? Because I know many of our, because Matt and Don were there as well. I think they got it too. Yeah, I have to say that I have. Um, it's not like, uh, no one has asked for my autograph yet, but, uh, you know, we're just uh, 700 and uh, how What's the, what's the episode 714, number? Four, 714 yeah. in, yeah, it's still early days. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I did a few selfies. The last one on the last night, because... Uh, We've, we wrapped up, we figured we had to get, we were taking all our kit on our wheelies because we left them there. We had a place where we could lock them up and uh, we ended up going to the bungalow dorf, which was this sort of slightly off-road experience, particularly when you're taking a roller full of kit. I was worried that the bearings were going to get sanded up, but we ended up at bungalow dorf where I saw a really banging set from Mark Verbos, uh, who's doing this sort of just brilliant techno set and uh, um, that's where we ended up and uh, that was my last recollection of the, <laughs> the evening then we came back <laughs> and went back to the hotel and I was I was a little ill-advised with my final um, drink of the night I miscalculated and spent the whole of Mon uh, Sunday just feeling pretty grotty actually which is a terrible schoolboy error and I feel very ashamed of myself I haven't done that for a long time but I suppose it happens once in a while but it was good fun um, so yeah I don't know um, I mean, it was your first time, Yoad, so was it what you expected, I suppose, is a question that's worth asking. I think it was pretty much what I expected, yeah. Um, a lot of people kind of tweaking and fiddling with knobs and uh, and patch <laughs> wires and uh, uh, showing kind of half-baked um, <clears throat> products, maybe, if you want to call it that, uh, or ideas. Uh, and then there was the big boys, um, Oberheim, obviously. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about uh, the, his new synth. Um, yeah, it was pretty much what I expected. I mean, you know, uh, like I said, it was much better having it kind of spread out and yeah. some of it outdoor. And so it was really nice. It, it didn't feel, especially sonically, you know, in Nam and um, and those massive places, uh, it's like one big, you know, sort of pile of sound from yeah. the moment you you step in to, to, to when you leave after like 20 minutes for me because I can't stand it. Uh, and this was much more civilized and, uh, you know, yeah, I know. Right. I, I agree. I totally agree. And I think it was great. I mean, I suppose the only downside to that is you just can't always guarantee the weather. I think they're very fortunate. I mean, there was mm. rain, but it happened sort of outside show hours, which was great. And I, I, I mean, it would, I'd be terrified if I was putting on a show and it relied on the fact that it was going to not rain for three days because we were there in September and we had to get out to Bungalow Dorf, which is a good five or 10 minute walk from the main building in the tipping rain and we had to get umbrellas and you know it was it was quite sketchy i mean it's, it's very sandy there so it's not like it gets muddy but it wouldn't have been much fun being in a, a dripping tent with your prototype electronics about the place <laughs> i guess <laughs> yeah i mean it had a very festival vibe that yeah without a doubt i mean it's, it was quite a contrast from that i mean the last time i went was the one before the pandemic and what is all packed into uh, you know, inside, uh, and I think there's there's kind of pros and cons to it because 
when it was inside, you seemed to have more room around things so you could see. Whereas in the tents, you tend to be, as soon as you were one deep, you couldn't really get behind anyone who was looking at something. So you couldn't view from a distance yeah. very easily. There was a, a bit of tightness, particularly if you're tall and you hit your head on the, on the canvas. So there were... You know, there, there were. I mean, I, talking to some of the exhibitors, they there was a bit of a split as to whether they liked it or not. It uh, uh, it oh, does get okay. a little bit, it does get a little bit hassly, but it is also nice to be outside. But then you're also further away from people, and there's space, but then there isn't. And then you know, <laughs> there's security issues. There's there's power oddities. You know, there's a lot of uh, internet. Uh, <laughs> yes. There's there's a lot of challenges I think in putting it outside like that, along with some some really nice, uh, relaxed vibes to it all, which I think were very welcome. Yeah, absolutely, and nice to be amongst people. Well, I suppose we should sort of get into the. Uh, uh, well, I should first of all, before we go any further, I want to say thank you to our team because we've got eighty plus videos up uh, as Andy Mack, Ed Butterworth, Chris Midiera, Simon Forsyth, Technomatic. I think you're there. Thanks for all your help, uh, Chris from Battery Operated Orchestra, uh, who was doing a lot of the news items, and Rob Hicks, who was stuck in America but editing in the cloud. Dom and Matt were all there. All the people at Superbeef for making it awesome. Of course, our sponsors. Rolling UK, Perfect Circuit, Circuit, Bitwig, Soma Labs, and all the others. Thank you uh, for making it all wonderful. Uh, but let's get on to that. I suppose that this is probably the uh, well. I'm I'm guessing this was the uh, the the king of the show, uh, shall we say? Let's see if it is. Of course. Um... You know, and now you can do things you could never do before. If you wanted to put the, some, a filter this on after course, the OBX8, you know? which is my uh, untested show camera was showing None us of the OBs uh, had terribly uh, velocity disappointing autofocus. So now we... We had a chat with Marcus Ryle, who is a fascinating chap. I did not know this about Marcus Ryle. Not only did he invent ADAT, and not only did he work extensively what? on the Matrix 12, he also was a really big session keyboard player in the 80s and played on some really big records. And because he was technically uh, astute as well, he would get hired and, and went in and worked on there's loads of stuff. Uh, so, yeah, he's sort of a bit of a, a man for all seasons. But, yeah, OBX8, that was – it wasn't really kind of – it was the first time we saw it in the flesh. Very impressive slab of technology. Eight voices, fully analog, not a sequential kind of port. This is a very much an Oberheim thing, and they're very keen to uh, to say. Although I think Dave Smith was involved, or the team were involved in trying to make sure that, that this stuff could work. Expensive, five grand US, so this is flagship. Hopefully we'll see some of this stuff trickle down to some maybe some more affordable – people were gassing hard i mean it was ve i had to i filmed something there and it, i was first i was 10 o'clock or maybe quarter to 10 on uh thursday uh, before anybody got there and that was the only time i could get close to it first of all robin i mean it's it, it's a monster it's interesting i mean this is probably <laughs> our top video for the whole thing and and yet most unlikely to be bought by most of the people who watched it <laughs> 
Yeah, it's absolutely what they needed to do, though. It's the thing we've been waiting for forever. You know, this, this slow crawl we've had of uh, Tom behind getting his name back. Well, I mean, even before of that, popping up at things with his his two voice and the um, potential of a Eurax Sem and other bits and pieces we've had over the last five or six years. And this, there's been this this gravitational pull towards something big. They just have to do it, and they got to do it. Are they going to do it? And then, and yes, they did. Yes, they did. The there it is, and it's it's and what everybody wants. Exactly. Well, I spoke to Marcus about it quite a lot. They've got the uh, the they've got three filter types plus sem filter types in there. So the anal there's lots of analog stuff going on. So it's kind of a hybrid of all the kind of OB uh, cl classics all in one. But then the yeah. uh, envelopes and the LFOs, I believe, are uh, digital because they can then apply the same nonlinear and linear and, and and different kind of curves that some of those those synths had. So when you're switching into that mode, you can have the envelopes from the OB. X or the whichever OBXA or however you want it, depending on this. There's a lot of page two stuff, which I believe it goes. I am not. Mm. I have to. I must confess, I am really inexperienced when it comes to Oberheim polys. I mean, I do remember Technomatic uh, Simon Forsyth led, uh, came in with his two voice, which I just thought was the most amazing sounding instrument. Uh, and so I haven't really played with any of the uh, polys. What do you, have you got? Any Oberheim stuff? I mean, did you get a chance to look at it, Johan? I had a brief chance to look at it. I didn't have any chance of playing it. Uh, but still, as you as you come, you know, as you get closer to the area, you immediately you're immediately engulfed with that kind of milky, velvety sound, uh, which uh, I don't know. It's 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 a little bit, you know, when you think about it, kind of grown up men mostly doing this and going wow it's like um but but it, it does that because it just sounds uh it just sounds amazing and i have the matrix uh, six which i which i love i think it's uh it's a beautiful synth uh i'm not sure whether the new one has all the matrix capabilities of of the of the matrix six but it sounds to me like it doesn't need much in in terms of kind of uh, bells and whistles because the, the 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 sound the basic sound is so good and so lush um and with the different filters i think it makes a lot of sense to to use digital filters um because they're so much versatile um and you know, I noticed the difference when I did the mod to my uh, my um, Kiwi mod to the Roland to the Juno 106. Uh, you know, some of the of the character of uh, of the Juno is the fact that these are digital envelopes and they're really slow. They run at a really kind of slow processor yeah. uh, clock speed. And uh, so you can never get like a, an instant or fast attack. That's some of the kind of m magic of the Juno because you 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 want to have a base and you it it has to be big because it, it's not really punchy. So it's just kind of the weight and the the oomph of it rather than the plucky attack. Um, and with the Kiwi with the Kiwi mode, you get uh, new envelopes which are running uh, at the same clock as the, as the new processor, 
the uh, and they're a lot punchier and uh, so we we know that envelopes play a very significant um, role in the sound of a synthesizer mm. even the sound of, of filters how they respond and how they kind of um you know react over over time or behave over time um so i think it's a great but again i didn't have a chance to really properly have a, a play and even if i did it's so hard to 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 hear anything in those environments you know because you have 10 other things playing in the backgrounds and in the background and stuff but um yeah i mean it's quite it's quite pricey let's be honest yeah i think i i don't i it feels to me like it's priced for it's like collectors people because i mean you're not going to take that on the road are you i mean it takes a certain amount of time to warm up it's heavy it's got the disadvantages of the original which were that you know you, you, to make that much discrete electronics is a big heavy sensitive thing it's more of a it's a it's a it's a it's a kind of a studio piece i would guess and it's it's really more mm. for me i think it's more about look here it is this if you want this you can have this and it's all yours but you've got to imagine there's going to be more stuff coming down the line that's a bit more i mean i i, I don't know with you robin i'm thinking i would love some more sems uh and because those things mm. just sound fantastic i mean you know i'm not against this but there's no way i'm going to buy a five grand synth i mean it's just not gonna happen, <laughs> you know? no probably not but it i mean it ticks all the boxes that that it will stop people asking i mean that's that's the first question so they can just go right here you are the synth that you wanted everything in it that you wanted uh all hitting all the right buttons it's uh ticking all the boxes off you go five grand there you go well done uh, and now they can get on with doing something more I don't know, more spicy, more interesting. And it is interesting, I think, sequential Eno behind doing these sorts of things. And then you sort of look to the side and you see the Juno X from Roland and you go, why don't, Roland, why don't you just give us what we want? You know, you could charge eight grand for a massive Jupiter something that's analog and has everything in it that everybody wants. And it will shut everybody up and we could all just move on with our lives and get into more I, more interesting synthesizers, I know what, you know. I know what you're saying, but I think what the, the thing is, because Roland have moved so far away from doing that, they don't have the manufacturing capability. It would cost them so mm. much to swerve and to move an engineering team and to do that in terms of, you know, turning the super tanker, as we always say with, the, with some of these larger companies, that it doesn't make yeah, any sense. Enough. Whereas, you yeah. know, Dave Smith, Tom, Oberheim, they're already in that world. They know how to make this stuff. They make it, you know, they, they, they're already there. So it's just a question of to scale. I mean, yeah, as yeah. Uh, Technomatic said in the uh, chat room, uh, basically they're going to make more than they can they're going to sell more than they can make so they don't they probably only ever thought they would sell maybe two thousand of them and that's still a million bucks so you know that'll do it's just a question <laughs> of whether or not they they can they can build but that's not the point i think it's the statement of it isn't it and it it comes yeah, at a time when because you noticed that uh, uh oberheim uh, not oberheim uh, behringer dropped their ubxa to uh one of the anderton's music i think it was at the set you know during the same thing to try and make, and i don't think it really stole the thunder because it was hard to tell over that demo whether or not it was, you know, sounded great or whatever. And I, but I don't know. I mean, that's the thing. I'm with you, Johan. I was only hearing those kind of classic OB brasses with the beautiful spread, the beautiful spread pads. Not anything kind of really like Japan-like, which I know that Japan used it a lot with sort of interesting cross-mod and audio rate stuff and just sort of some really more interesting sounds. They went for kind of Tom Sawyer, uh, a big fat brass sound and, you know, 
Geneva. It comes with all the, you know, Marcus Ryle has all the original tape banks on cassette. So they've, they've reloaded, interpret, made an interpreter, loaded the back in, and they can, you can load all the original things, you know. So it's very collectible in that sense, I suppose. So, you know, fair play. But, uh, I mean, it, obviously it's not for everybody, but I think everybody might want to aspire to something like that. You know, that's the way it is, isn't mm. it? Okay, um, I think I'm just going to drop a little uh, message in from our friends over at Isotope now because uh, we've got a lot to get through, and I'll forget otherwise because I'm still fairly brainless uh, after my, um, my time... At- at the show. Isotope Producers Club is a one-of-a-kind membership for producers ready to take their tracks to the next level. Once you join, you'll gain access to powerhouse Isotope plugins and a curated selection of tools from our partners, such as Melodyne from Celimony. Plus, as long as you're a member, you'll get every future update to the Isotope plugins in your membership for no extra cost. We'll also regularly serve you new curated content like exclusive inspiration-sparking sample packs and preset packs and industry-leading training ranging from our own tutorials to vocal production lessons from the world-renowned Berkeley Online, taught by Grammy-winning producer and engineer Prince Charles Alexander. With new content being added every month full of valuable production techniques, tips and tricks, and solutions to common production problems, becoming a member is an investment in your career that grows as you and your career do. For more information on Isotope Producers Club, head to isotope.com. And we thank Isotope for their continued sponsorship of the show. And, of course, if you head over to uh, isotope.com forward slash, uh, I think, uh, I thought I had a, no, maybe I don't have an over. Uh, and you can use the clay, the, the, the code SONIC10 to claim 10% off any purchases there. And we thank them very much for their support. Okay, um, right, what's next? I know, Yoad, I'm going to come to, because you were really interested. There was, there was something that you, 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 pointed out to us i'm just trying to find it so we did the market yeah i suppose we should mention yeah there was the teenage engineering op1 field which is pretty monster um i I think it was expensive but maybe we'll come back to that i want to um just come back to uh where was yours i've got it somewhere here hold on i think it's up up here i'll just play it off yeah here we go this is one yo had spotted and we went to see and i just thought that is pretty cool so uh, let's try it hi so my name is sebastian we are here at super poof 2020 22 actually and I'm here with this product the prototype uh, I brought from Tristan and I built that in my living room for uh, adding it to my drum set so I can trigger additional sound it senses position and force and I can have just one big button that changes the sound depending on where I hit but I can also have like two buttons like a bongo setup but it changes also the sound depending on where within the field I hit and I can have as many as subdivisions as I like like having three here or four Or even more, you see it as infinite possibilities. Can detect also multiple hits at the same time. This was actually, I thought this was actually quite genius, really, when I saw it, because I didn't, I only saw it after it was edited. Really simple. It's got no name. Uh, there's no uh, information about it anyway. I hope he's getting a website up soon, because I think he'll sell a lot of these, because it's just such a cool idea. That LED strip, I don't know if it came across on the camera, but when you change the amount of zones, 
there are just little markers with the LEDs and then where you hit within the zone can change the sound because I think it sends additional controller information. I'm not entirely sure yet. Yeah, maybe you know because you came in and you were saying this is really cool and something that you would want, right? I was I was happy to to buy it there and then. I think it's such a great idea. I mean, it's very simple, nothing kind of uh, revolutionary about it, but it just um, it's such it's just so handy um, for me to have right here. You know, I don't need, I have this Alessis, um, you know, Octopad thing, but I really hate the plasticky kind of uh, clonk that the feel and the sound and also um i have a i used to have a drum kit in in the live room but i don't anymore because i wasn't using it enough to justify all the setup and the mics and everything uh, but i do have the overheads and hi-hats and and they all mic and stuff um so and if i if i were to put like a pad thing there and record it at the same time, then you get the the kind of hits, the plasticky clack, the annoying hit into yeah. the mics. And with something like that, it's quite quiet acoustically, uh, and also it feels much more pleasant. And you can you can play it with your hands. I think it's great. I think it's really cool, and I can't wait for for him to 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 release it. Um, so I can get one or two. Did he I tell you how I'm... much he was gonna? He was gonna. Did he have any idea Nothing. how much it was he... gonna be? <laughs> Nothing. No. no. I wonder how much he paid for a booth. It just seems like so. I suppose the thing is about these is you know you, people can come along to an event like this and see what are we, is it worth me you know going into the manufacturing business because I expect maybe he he isn't a manufacturer yet and just thinking you know is it worth me going that far down the road rather than going really down that, that far down the road turning up at a show and people going this is rubbish it's much better to go with nothing and have a go, this is great you should do it i think it makes a lot more sense doesn't it and i, I suppose robin that there was a lot of that wasn't there at the uh, the show this is this is an idea i've had and i'm not sure if i've you know mm. but did, did you get to see that i know you didn't get a chance to walk around a lot so maybe not no no i didn't see that one i mean reinventing another MIDI controller is always a good thing. There's always another infinite number of ways we can reconfigure these things. I mean, I've had a performance pad uh, one as well, and they're they're enormous and they get in the way and I'm forever clunking in the bits in between the bits, whereas this does, uh, as Joel says, it really cleans it up and makes it a small, compact uh, thing to go with. Uh, that's awesome. But when it comes to turning up with something which isn't produced yet, I'm always reminded of that, that kid who brought the Oberheim <laughs> box Ooh. to nam that time do you remember that i check in on that every now and again and it still doesn't ever seem to move anywhere but uh, i don't know if that's a cautionary tale or a uh, or i mean that you know, you're in a place where he so was many a, yeah he was about are. he was about 15 wasn't he i mean he was about 15 <laughs> was, and yeah. i remember as well uh, which doesn't have anything to do with anything but his mother was really nice and really uh, just really friendly really kind of like kind of encouraging for him and it made the whole things feel really wholesome and you really really yeah. wanted him to kind of you want it to work and him to be a millionaire at 19 you know but uh, yeah i think Definitely. he ran into manufacturing issues but that was years ago wasn't it <laughs> it was but i mean but somewhere like super booth is so it's full of people who are making their own stuff and know how to do it and so it's the ideal place to pitch a product at uh, somebody or to get discovered um by someone else who can just tag you onto their uh, their container coming in from china you know there's lots of scope yeah for prototyping and making it come into into reality 
The guy was called uh, Sebastian Merschel. I, I did post the link in the... <clears throat> in, it's a, one of our malformed links, but you will be able to get to it. And there'll be some information. At least you could do a search on that. I mean, we, don't, we didn't even know what it was called. Uh, it was called... We called it a drum bar, but I don't think that's actually what it is. He hasn't actually... Or drum beam. But it hasn't got a product name yet. It's, it's that basic. But it looked... I mean, it didn't look like it had an awful long way to go. I mean, I guess because it's got no power, he doesn't have any issues with kind of getting the power supply certificated it looks like it was powered over usb i don't was that was it usb i mean did it power all those leds or did it have some sort of propriety yeah. yeah no it was just the one usb i think it was a mini <clears throat> a mini usb which powered everything i have to say that it didn't come that well on the video because there was so much other light you know, uh, around, but the, the LEDs look really nice and very informative, especially, you know, when you have quite a few mm. uh, zones there. I uh, think there could be a deluxe version which had a rear-facing LED, which had sort of all sorts of exciting graphics and things. So when you hit it, you've got all sorts mm -hmm. of things going on. So visually, it would look, make a MIDI controller look a bit more interesting, perhaps, but uh, that's just me. Yeah, good idea. Um, okay, well, let's uh, let's jump on to uh, what else did we have? Right, okay, we've done that one. Uh, yeah, I suppose we should we should briefly mention. Well, actually, let's go to one of your Robin because uh, you had a couple as well. Uh, so uh, uh, busy uh, busy uh, ALM SESQ one. Is that is that something you're? You're kind of you wanna you wanna go for? Let's have a look. At Hi, that. Zach. Sure. Hey, how's it going? Uh, we're here on uh, ALM booth, right? Yeah. ALM Busy Circuits Super Booth 22. And this is the new ASQ1, right? Yeah. So this is our uh, soon-to-be-released sequencer. Um, it's a multi-track sequencer. Um, you've got two SH101 style sequencers here. Uh, they're like step-time sequencers, so you essentially I, I encourage you to watch the watch the video because uh, obviously we could play the whole thing but we were, but uh, uh, perhaps those who don't know ALM uh, are, are makers of the famed Pamela's workout uh, which is basically in almost everybody's rack it does so many things like a multifunction clock divider slash function generator and it's everywhere i mean i'm pretty sure that's why you headed over there because i mean a sequence of them has got to be an exciting prospect because they got that absolutely bang on didn't they yeah it seems to although pams is something i do not have it's it has that multifunction really? facility yeah yeah which means i just go oh i don't know is it like a disting let me run away and so i go and hide from those sorts of things for, for no good reason at all other than space in my brain but this this thing seemed to have a bit of a journey because i got a glimpse of it on a photo and then started doing some searching and i unearthed or somebody unearthed uh, a photo that Myla melodies took in 2015 of exactly the same thing and you're going what so anyway but it seems like it was an idea from a fair while ago and they've now brought it to a point where it can be uh it can be a thing so essentially what you've got is two channels of melodic sequencing cv gate and then four channels of percussive sequencing uh, in a in a very nice looking quite cute clacky keys kind of yeah. uh format you know it was, vibe, you just want to touch yeah. it yeah, yeah. And the the sequencing is just very simple, hit a key and it makes a note and a rest kind of thing, octave up and down, like a, an SH-101 style. Um, and the percussive side was a bit more on the keys in a kind of an eight-bar loop. Eight-bar loop? Eight-step loop. But of course, you can expand that up to 64 steps or I think 128 on the melody. So 
relatively compact, easy to use, lots of space on it. It seems obvious, you know, straightforward. All of these things are like going to me, oh, wow, that's a good thing. Is it straightforward as well? Oh, my goodness, I could actually use this without too much trouble. <laughs> and it could run, you know, a relatively you know, modest to large rack. You know, two two melodies, four percussive. That's that's a techno track. Well, when you can, when, if you combine it with Pamela's new workout as well, then you could actually subdivide and and my, and bend the clocks and do other things as well. But I, I take your point. It do, yeah, I mean, I'm really not about step sequences, and I find them incredibly frustrating in, in that format. Unless you've got a big, a large. I know. Yeah, and I I don't know if this was something that caught your attention, but uh, ALM, uh, the Pamela's new workout is a really useful because you can program it up with functions. That's why it's used for live or. or pre sets for, for dividing clocks and all kinds of stuff um yeah i mean i i, I worked i used to work with um with the yamaha qs uh, 7 qx or qs yeah. 7 back in the day and and that was great i was really it had 16 tracks and you you can you could move them around and that's pretty much it you couldn't edit it or anything like that but I like the the kind of step sequencing um, method of of uh, creating sequences. Um, so um, yeah, I mean it's it's not for me, but I can see why people get excited about that. That's there is. I there was think. also uh, the. Um, I think there was an M8. I forget who made it. It's like almost a little tiny tracker thing, which was very hot property as well. I mean, it's interesting. There are sort of two ends of the spectrum. I mean, we've been looking at all of the the, the stats and stuff. I mean, we've done. I think I had. I wrote this down actually. Let me see if I can find my stats. There was. Uh, so yeah, we've done more than eighty videos, and just on the basic the viewing, there's more than three point three man years of viewing time gone into those videos <laughs> so, so far. So by the end of you know by the time we get to the next uh, show it could be you know decades who knows uh, but interestingly the more popular things were things like because we had the Akai MPC exclusive on the 2.11 uh, update which isn't a massive update but people are really keen on it the OBX was really huge video uh, that you know there's a lot of there's a lot of things which come as when they're complete it's like people are more interested the modular stuff sort of builds up but there's so much of it it's an interesting one mm. I'm just trying to think what else we've got we got that we've got that I guess we should. I mean, the other thing that was interesting was they were still really, you know, what are considered expensive. And there's this sort of two sides of the market, aren't there? There's the sort of Behringer, knock them out and, and let everybody have them. And then there's the sort of Rhodes Mark 8, uh, which is, uh, was fascinating. I think I should play that just, just because this is like a seven grand instrument, but it's. I saw it in person. And it's lovely. It's got. It's actually got mm. a. Uh, no, if I get this right, I think it's a Steinway. The keyboard is made by the people who make the keyboards for Steinway. So we're talking really posh piano tech. I mean, and it's thirty-one pounds lighter than an original Rhodes, which I think is worth mentioning. But yeah, seven grand. There's that end of the market. Did you get to see that? Yeah, are you interested in the Rhodes? I mean, it did look nice. I have to uh, say. Just briefly, um, it, it. You know. Um, it strikes me that the, the having an all black keyboard when you perform tough to film <laughs> yeah it's tough to film but also sometimes to 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 kind of get your head around where where you are uh it can that's be just a custom that's a custom version though yeah, yeah. it's not it, yeah. yeah i'm not sure if i even like it i don't think it's more cool than normal keyboards 
Like, um, and I don't think that an instrument like that needs anything. You know, it's it's a, it's a Rhodes. Mm. Um, so um, yeah, I have yeah, I no, have my, Rhodes. my main keyboard here is the MK80, which is made by Rhodes and released by Roland in back in '84, I think, when Roland uh, purchased Rhodes or Rhodes or something like that they made this the the synth engine is uh, like fm kind of shitty ep you know 80s but the action's nice right but the the whole thing is massive and it's uh it's a really really nice keyboard um but um that, by by the way does it have any midi out or anything like that no MP i did i did ask whether that because I, I thought it would be a really perfect opportunity if they put midi out on it it could actually be very useful because people would buy it to have as a master keyboard and then use it you know as a lovely piano and then maybe use yeah. it to, to as the center but no and they weren't they i think that from what what jamie bullock said who was in the video there it sounded like they were working on the possibility but they had, it wasn't top of their list i mean that obviously they're they're trying to get the thing launched and get it out to the channels. I mean, you can order it now. I don't know if it's exactly, you know, if it's just there yet, uh, but it's going to be out and about pretty damn soon. And I'm sure they'll sell loads because part of the problem is lots of people want to use a Rhodes, but they just do not want to have the hassle of having to service it every three days or whatever when it's mm -hmm. being toured. And this thing has been built to be resist, you know, to be taught, to be moved like the original piano was. It's made, it's, it's lighter. They've done a whole bunch of work to kind of just make it more robust. And you know, it's a, it's a engineering piece of uh, piece of niceness. Mm. That's for sure. So yeah, I would say, I know. Did you get to see it? Did, I mean, the room was a bit. I like, did. Um, Twin Peaks. <laughs> it was. It was a womb. I felt. I felt. Yeah. Uh, yeah, very at home in there. Uh, it was gorgeous. I mean, I didn't get a chance to play with it or anything, but I did have a look. And uh, it was a really nice room with a, a nice place. And the possibility of winning one of the things was, was quite enticing, I have oh, to really? say. Yeah. Did you not put yourself down for that? Oh, no. Damn. We're never telling me. <laughs> I blew it. I blew it. Well, if you win it, I'll come and play yours. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm fascinated just by the fact that it's a physical thing that has moving bits and, and stuff. Because, yeah. you know, in our industry, there's very little of that, really. And it's it's yeah. fascinating just to see the the mechanics of a thing striking a thing and making a noise and that coming out. I mean, that's the problem with it being a MIDI controller, I suppose, is that it's still going to make a row whether you're, you're listening to it or not, you know. Yeah, well, that's true. Well, you could turn it off, and it, but it, it does make a noise, and it, it, you just get the overtones. That's true. But yeah, nice thing. Anyway, um, I'm just going to uh, interject here with a, a message from our friends over at uh, Baby Audio. I just need to uh, cue that up uh, because uh, they've been they're supporting us as well. Yep. Okay, Baby Audio makes creative effects plugins designed to add colour and depth to your mixes. They won Plugin of the Year 2021, Future Music and P Music Magazine, nominated for the SOS Awards two years in a row. Uh, you might want to check out Crystalline, actually, which we covered on the show. Algorithmic reverb plugin inspired by classic 20th century studio reverbs, but offering a high fidelity thanks to 21st century computing power. It's a reverb plugin with a variety of creative features, uh, such as the ability to tempo sync pre-delay and reverb decay times. In fact, you can get 15% off any of their stuff when checking out with the code ST15. So if you want to uh, try some of their stuff and save 15%, try the code ST15 and check out. And we thank them very much for their uh, 
I think that's the button I need to play. Yeah, that's the button. That's what you need to know. Thank you very much, folks. Um, right. So someone what... just, just pointed out that uh, yeah, if you had 20 grand in your pocket, you could come away with three things. You could come away with an OBX8, a Rhodes, and a Teenage Engineering What's It. Yeah, well, that was. Right. I suppose we should we should go to that, shouldn't we? Really, I've got. The, um, so yeah, here we go. And this is get. We got. We actually got a world exclusive. Gaz got the world exclusive. They've sat Comics in their special van. Superbooth twenty twenty two, and we have the most amazing world exclusive. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, true world world exclusive. Here it is from Teenage Engineering. It's the OP one field. Now this is yes, very controversial massively expand. I mean, because they've been making this for more than 10 years. And uh, one thing that, you know, massively expensive, as we know, it's all gone up. Everything's expensive. It's it's about two grand, you know, which is a lot of money for a thing that size. But I suppose you could buy lots of things that are smaller than that, that cost more. One of the things that came across, because uh, I went I went by and had a look, I wanted to see the mixer as well, which the mixer has, in fact, they've proven with firmware that you can plug it, a USB drive into it and record direct to the USB. They can make that happen. So that makes it a bit more interesting but one thing they did say and i, I suppose I, tr I i just tried to qualify I, I want to stick up for them because they're such nice people but i know they get a lot of flack when they made this thing the stuff that they put in it you know there was all it was off the shelf components a lot of it now pretty much across their range they're making everything inside it themselves they're making their own lcd they're making their own pots that which means they're designing the bearings in the rotary encoder you know i mean it's like that level of 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 kind of in, uh, of design which yes it's well over the top but it's probably a smart thing to do in the long run although it doesn't make anything cheap, uh, but it is expensive. Uh, I suppose I'm just trying to make some justification as to why it's expensive. Whether or not it was a good idea to make it that expensive, I suppose, uh, is is another matter. Um, yes, uh, did you get to see it? I mean, it is a beautiful thing, uh, but it is. Too it, is. it should be. Yeah, I mean, they do make beautiful things. I don't think there's there's any doubt. And some things are just expensive. You know, bits of premium gear are 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 pricey because of the the engineering the thought that's gone into it whatever you like you can find you can find a price point for it i mean i remember the first time i had a go with the original one and how different it was from seeing it very beautifully photographed on a web page but to actually have it in person and that screen and the way things worked it was very much a work of art it felt like you know this was this was a, a sort of device i've never played with before and i imagine although the the color scheme is a little bit muted i feel um on the new one it's going to be a i imagine it's going to be a similar a similar experience where it's not just it doesn't feel like any other piece of gear it feels like something a little bit special and and that's all right it's not for me i wouldn't know really what to do with it but i know plenty of people who absolutely will can see this as a lifestyle that's going to take them forward yeah there is that i mean that, and that's very much what i mean i think they're heading towards being the kind of johnny ives collective of you know going forward i mean they are obviously very skilled designers whether or not their product mm. all of their products are great i mean that's a classic i mean i think the thing that makes the op1 so good uh, if you just forget about the design it's whoever designed did the coding for that tiny tiny little dsp that's in the original i mean they got so much out of it and that is the the genius of it for me i mean whoever's done that and if they've built on that as well i mean i think it's just got more capability one of the things that was kind of cool to see anyway i mean it's probably i'd never use it it's got a little fm transmitter so you can play it to 
systems that can pick up the frequency. So they had all of those really expensive speakers just dotted around the place, and whoever was jamming on it was coming out in sort of in eight sets of those speakers, and it was absolutely banging. It was quite an interesting. I mean, but again, very niche. I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, I mean, it is a, there is a perhaps a form over function going on, but who knows? Yeah, which I can appreciate very much, and uh, you know, and like you said, uh, the, the the amount of work and and talent that went into that thing is is pretty amazing. Um, but for me, it's way way too fiddly, and um, you know, I uh, I again, uh, yeah, not not for me, not for me. Um, however, I do like the idea of FM because I love the sound of, of, of FM radio. Um, because you know, the, it, it runs the left, especially in stereo, it runs the left and the right on, on two separate frequencies. Um, so the stereo image is very, very interesting and, and wide, and there's a certain sound to it. So I think that just creating um, a, a module, a modular, like a module for for your rec or something like that, that will take, that will transmit the audio back even to itself to have a transmitter and receiver, just to get the sonic character of FM. That in itself, um, well, that's an interesting thought. Yeah, interesting idea. You know, for guitars nice. and stuff, it sounds amazing. Yeah, that's 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 yeah. I hadn't thought about that. That's actually quite yeah, quite an interesting idea. But yeah, it, it's expensive. It's a thing. Buy it if you don't. If you if you want it, don't. If you don't, I mean, and we all love to moan and and kind of go, that's ridiculous. Um, but you know, <laughs> and it is to a degree. But it's still a beautiful thing. And the little mixer, I played with it a little bit, and it was just like, oh, because at the time I was suffering from having this massive oh, camera rig, and I was just thinking that and a phone. God, that would just be just back back pocket. That would be a, and a pair of, oh, that would just be awesome. But yeah, I, I mean, again, it's, it's crazy expensive. Anyway, I won't dwell on that too much. Uh, let's get on to, there was one of, this was a very interesting, because uh, uh, we spoke about this before. This is the Maya MD900. Uh, I wanted to put something in here uh, because I, I had a demo of this. And it's, although this is a bit derivative and it's not my demo, the demo I had was slightly different. This is the, uh, this is Horse from Maya. It's basically got clip launching. In the room, this thing sounded absolutely massive. I mean, I don't think it comes across recorded like this, but it was—it sounded brilliant. Um, in fact, I'm probably doing it injustice by playing this, if I'm perfectly honest. But uh, do check it out. Uh, we hopefully have this in for review at some point. Uh, this isn't cheap either. It's about like 3,000 euros, but it's got this really, really cool spectral wave, which is kind of a cross between morphing wavetable and morphing and it sound it was like whoa what is that sound it's really a, an interesting thing and that has some lovely sounds uh i don't know if you got a chance to see that or maybe did we talk to that about that when you were on last i can't remember now Robin. no i know i don't think so i mean this this idea um is this is it the md 800 900 what version are we on now this, md 900 been... md 900 yeah. okay it's this seems to have been knocking around for a long time I, i've just never been aware of it actually becoming a real thing in real life it seems yeah, to knock around the shows a lot yeah yeah but uh it's virtual analog yeah is that 
Is that the idea? Uh, yeah, it's VA. I, I, I think, well, they call it uh, extended analog. I think it's analog plus digital. So I think there is some uh, in there also. But I didn't, I, like I said, I didn't get the demo and I haven't fully studied the um, the video. But uh, when we were leaving the show, we wheeled, wheeled our bags across the sandy kind of uh, uh, barrier. And I was like, oh, crikey, I really need somewhere to put this. And, and I saw him and I said, oh, could we just put our bags in here while we have a quick drink? And uh, and he was so pleased and uh, so helpful. And then he did a demo and I was literally in totally the wrong headspace to listen to a demo. Um, but he did insist and it was fair enough and he was very kind. And I, I, it really, you know, even with my state of thinking, oh, not another set, I, I'm synthed out. It made me go, wow, that sounds really good. So anyway, uh, so yeah. Uh, Yoad, what do you think? Desktop, clip because he had that clip launch and it was just running directly to the thing and working basically like a so all this all the sequence stuff was running uh, internally internally yeah that's very interesting i mean here is a, this is a form factor that i really like i mean it's desktop it has it, it even has a few faders uh, which look i don't know if they're kind of you know uh, sturdy or uh, or not, but it looks nice. It reminds me of the world of Kira or Kyra. Mm. Um, yeah. And um, which I which I also like, you know, how it, the way it looks. Um, I have to say that I didn't uh, I didn't fall off the chair from this demo, listening to this. No, demo. I, yeah, no, I don't think you would. Uh, that that kind of bassy sound, uh, growly sound, sounded pretty pretty good. But then you hear those everyday pads, and it's like, yeah, well, uh, nothing special about that. But I'm sure it has. Uh, I didn't have a chance to 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 look at it again. Like you mentioned, in those tents, there there the are so many people. Um, I think Robin mentioned it that that you can't you can't really once someone is there like two people that are there you, you there's nothing you can really. He was do all right. Actually, they had they had their own, they had their own bungalow, so it was worth worth a thing. But uh, but yeah, I, I just wanted to put one out there because uh, we uh, um, Matt came back with a module that we're going to review. That he's going to review, and I think either he or me are going to look at the MD nine hundred. I just thought it was kind of interesting because um, it's you know it's like one of those one man band sort of stories. I guess he's got other people working with him, but he's he's persevered yeah. and it's three years later and he's he's finally there. It's got but I know what you mean about the Kyra. It's got that slightly virusy sort of vibe and there's something about yeah. if there is dsp in it it's like the delta set a which has got a dsp filter and an analog filter i totally prefer the digital filter it sounds amazing and i think maybe this has got some of those digital positives that uh, often people overlook because it's not analog but uh, yeah worth worth checking out for sure um i suppose we should also really uh we should check check out the soma um the, what was it? The Soma, uh, yeah, the Soma Terra, uh, which Gaz also got. I think if I press this button, it might work. Well, yes. 12, 12 sensors, but see, it's it's smart polyphony. Yeah. So yeah. one it's a chunk of wood with some sensors, uh, which is a, as mad in only the way that uh, Vlad can make it. Really? Right. Okay. So it's a smart system. Okay. Um, so we got some real-time controls on the top here. Right. This, this ah, is Wow. Wow, that's cool. So, so the amount of... 
once again, perhaps an unfamiliar interface, <laughs> but I mean, God, I love the fact that he exists and makes these things because I think the world is, is generally a better place. And they're usually, when you see them, you just go, there's just no way I'm going to be interested in this. And then when you touch them and you play them, you go, oh, there's actually some method to this. It does feel like there's a there's a way that you could use it and it wouldn't take that long to go. I mean, it just looks so unfamiliar. I don't know. Uh, did you get a chance to see that? It was Because that was inside and maybe you did. It was- was yeah um uh, i saw it from a distance it, there was kind of like a, a cult event going on around mm. around that booth it was this you know constant overflowing of uh uh peace love and, and glorious pieces of technology I, I think at the time but what a fabulous thing I, I mean this i think is an extension of that reflex technology that he's been working on where it's all about sensors it's all about trying to uh, perform into the technology so you're you're grappling with different signals and you're grappling with modulation you're pushing stuff about while at the same time somehow managing to be completely musical so i mean the video i don't know if you saw the the trailer video for it's just fantastic i mean it's classic cyber labs of dance and costumes and sound you know you you can't do anything but com- is there fall a compare the meerkat kind of voiceover as well yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah there could be but i mean it's it's a digital thing but it's beautiful uh, complex stuff full of algorithms uh, playable instrumentable i don't know what is it i mean gaz seemed to have a nice time which is always a good uh, indication of something but uh, yeah so. they've I got it gaz- going on yeah, definitely. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 have you tried any of the Soma stuff? Because it's one of those things that when you kind of like, the, I, I reckon the Pulsar Thirty Two would be something that you'd be interested in, just because it's so massive and just as a drum synth, you know, it's, you can get some amazing sounds out of it. Uh, I don't know whether you'd have the patience to learn an no, entirely I, I, new musical no, interface. I, I haven't. I, I mean, for me, maybe I'm completely wrong, uh, but for me, it look it. It seems like there's a there's a big a steep learning curve to be able to to really play one of those things because it, it's so simple yet i can see that it has a lot of depth um so i'm just wondering how can you how many years you need before you can master yeah. it uh, it's one <laughs> of those things that you can take to the top of a mountain for five years and you know um which is great it's great, but you know, I think that for me, there's you need a kind five of years, middle, yeah. yeah, middle ground between OP one from one hand to this, maybe, which are two kind of extreme opposites. Uh, one is a piece of wood with nothing in it, and the other is a piece of plastic with loads of stuff in it. Um, I think that, that seems uh, a little unfair, between, I would say. <laughs> but, uh, it but has one or two things two, in it. Yeah, sorry, I'm I'm being. Um, but uh, but I think that for me, something like the the Kai. Oh, Amazon, like the Kyra. Amazon. I'll just finish that and go and get it. Like the Kyra or the Hydrosynth. You know, this is more my style. Fair enough. Uh, interestingly, um, well, in the chat room, uh, um, Technomatic's gone past now. I can't, I can't slow it down. But he said you can also very usefully chop garlic on it, which I thought was quite. <laughs> so yes. you've got that, yeah. The flip it over and use it as a chopping board. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I mean I... it's just, uh, just great. 
Yeah, I mean, I think if you're if you're looking at the MD900, which you just looked at, which is a whole load of stuff stuffed behind. I mean, obviously there's an interface, but also behind the screen, there's multi layers of synthesis going on, and then you've got this piece of wood which just has these buttons that you can explore and which is going to result in stuff occurring you know and they are different worlds completely and it's obviously going to suit suit different situations and different environments better but for me the the terror is definitely more of an inspirational idea than yeah. uh, a slab of, of plastic with a screen and, and a bunch of knobs you know there's it, it's just well, it just like feeds into a different part of you yeah like all of their instruments really i mean they're very uh they're very other. I mean, I suppose the Pulsar 23 is probably the most conformist. The Lyra mm. 8 was, I mean, we've got one here and I reviewed it and I, I loved it, but I wouldn't reach for it to be able to perform something I needed to repeat. And yes. the same with the Pulsar <laughs> to a degree. It's, and that, that's, and I suppose in many ways, you know, it's very geared around the moment and the kind of creative spark. And I think that is, that's where perhaps it's more of our failing as an inability to allow that sort of thing into our lives uh, if we have space for it. I mean, obviously, if you're working to a deadline for media, it's not going to be, unless you kind of master it and go, well, I can just record a load of this stuff and then I can I can incorporate it in. I'm not going to try and play it live to picture because that would just be weird. But those are the sort of things I suppose it would be useful <laughs> for. Or recall yeah, like that preset. Yeah, I'd like to be. I'd like to, to take on the John Williams role of uh, you know scoring a piece of movie with an orchestra, but with this kind of stuff rather than like normal instruments. That would be a fun video. Yeah, it definitely could be. Uh, Robin, there was. A, there, I'm just trying to think. Is there, there was another couple that I've got? I've got in the in the playlist. I've got Basil and I've got Eventide. Any any of those particularly that are more that you have more to say about? We can quickly get that one. Uh, well, the Eventide is the oddest, I think. So that that okay, will let's, that will cause some interesting let's conversations. Have let's have a look. This is so. Let's have a look at the Eventide. So hi, Tyler. Hey, uh, we're here at the Eventide booth. And uh, you're going to show us your new Eurorack module, right? That's correct, yeah. So this is uh, Misha. And this is an interval-based instrument and sequencer. And so what interval-based means in this context is when you play a piano, every time you play that key on a piano, it's going to sound a specific note. The same note is always tied to the same key. But on... Okay, I'm going to stop there. Um, I guess. Yeah, watch the, unfortunately, the, it, it the demo like is a little bit. Looks like a noodle Sorry, box yeah. to me, or something similar. <laughs> yeah, it's just that unfortunately the demo was a little bit snoozy. It was kind of a bit plinky plonky, and uh, and didn't, for me at least, really pull out perhaps what this this thing could be about because it seemed to to couple together this idea of playing notes using this button system, which just. Um, that made the next note the next interval depending on what you press if you press plus two you'd go up two notes plus four up four notes and so on and backwards and so you can construct melodies that way which was which was kind of interesting and then that starts you can then start sequencing that and start modulating that and do interesting things with it but so there's there's something in there which is offering an interesting way of creating or generating melodies within a Eurorack space. And that, I think, is what's interesting. It just was not really coming out of the of the demos. Mm. You know, the, the guy was doing his best, but it wasn't really... It was... I don't know. It was just very... It's 
it's interesting not there I mean, yet. Even, even eventide are you know algorithmic effects processor you know that's their thing i wonder if they're kind of moving into more compositional algorithms and that sort of thing mm. maybe that's what's going on i don't know have you got any idea <laughs> have you got a clue not really, but I, but I like the idea of something that is kind of generative uh, in terms of melodic riffs and and things like that. And I think that it's uh, any kind of new approach or new method um, is you know is uh, is welcome uh, because it's yeah. always about getting new ideas and getting and I love getting new ideas from technology you know rather than uh walking in the forest and looking at the birds and coming up with a chord sequence on a guitar i like tweaking knobs and and coming up with the or it could be the screen but something kind of that uh, i like that human machine interaction on a creative level because i think it's i think there's something cool about it there's there's something very 80s about that uh, which evolved uh, to to what we're seeing today. Um, so yeah, like that concept. A, a few other honourable mentions. Obviously, the Polyend play uh, came out as well. We did cover that prior to the show. I think we saw that there was a, a sneak out. Uh, we did get a video of that. So there is, there's definitely something uh, on the on the site about it. If you want to check, we, I mean, it's it's hard for me. I can't retain the, the facts from all eighty videos and remember everything. It's so it's this is very much a sort of random pick, as I'm sure it's the same for everybody else. Uh, one of the things that uh, that I remember, Dom uh, came into the room and he just said, "I'm going now. I, I, I'm showed out." And I just just thought yeah it gets like that imagine having to imagine doing part this team what this team has to do i just want to again give a big props to the team and particularly chris because he'd never done it before and it's a mind-bendingly uh difficult thing to do for the first time so uh yeah but robin i would go going back i'd be nice to go back so you 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 reckon there's another show in july in in uh in london so i think you might have to go in london that. yeah i think it is called gear fest in july at some point um i think it's a saturday so just a day uh, just a day trip which would be right. nice and of course there's, there's synth fest in october uh back up at leeds again so that's all good we've got we're heading into uh into another season of interesting season things of shows yeah that'd be great mm. but yes i i, I just like to iterate i mean i know there'll probably be people out there who are shouting at the screen going why didn't you talk about the insert name of and, and there's a reason because for the very same reason that we couldn't actually necessarily film everything that was there because there's just too much and that's the way it goes anyway yeah you've got lots to catch up with now you take it took some time off and now you're back and probably got a massive to-do list have you yeah, luckily, I mean, it fell over half over the weekend, so that was uh, that made it a bit easier, um, which I think is a great thing um, to to have uh, an event like that uh, in you know to include Friday and Saturday. That's great. Um, yeah, I'm back. I forgot. I uh, I I I went even so much as uh, <laughs> you know has happened since I got back. But uh, yeah brilliant well thank you folks uh we'll see you all again uh soon i hope it was very nice to see you all in person that was the other thing takeaway it was just nice to see people in person because zoom especially with the sort of dreadful delay that you get or video conferencing can be just it's 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 not the great way to live your life even though it's a great enabler it's not the same as being there in person and and you know 
that kind of thing. Reading body language from the neck down. <laughs> it's always, always a plus. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> that's it for this time. Thank you, everybody. Uh, don't forget, uh, if you check out Sonic State uh, YouTube channel, there's a whole bunch of things. And thanks very much to, uh, I think somebody's just posted. Oh, thank you, Wagyu. That's very kind of you with the super sticker. That looks like a hippo. Oh, it's a hippo clapping. Oh, thank you very much. Um, anyway, that's it for this time. We'll say goodbye and uh, we'll see you next time. That's it. Uh, oh, I go to this shot, don't I? See ya. Bye-bye now. <laughs>